0: You learn so much going through the due diligence, going through the, the process, rather than someone who is scared to pull the trigger because they're worried about something going wrong. Whichever market you go in, you,
1: you can either create a new top 5% by basically blowing the competition out of the water, um, or going in and just making your product, your house, your service, different to everyone else. Welcome to the Property Developers Secrets podcast with myself, Lloyd Girardi. And myself, Andy Cook and welcome again back to the Building the dream series so this is a series we've been running for a while now looking back at uh, some of our students that have done well um, from the training we've provided so this is all about Matt Baker and I know what you're thinking it's not the one show Matt Baker or as I remember blue Peter Matt Baker um, this is Matt Baker from um, Baker Baker Scott Baker Holmes. Um, So yeah, Matt is, we've known him quite a while now, so probably since 2015, 2016, um, and he's completely thrown himself into everything, property related,
0: HMOs, he he specialised in more sort of high-end co-living HMOs, or the next level HMOs. He definitely does, but I remember Matt from... He's, he did, I think, it was our second ever training course. I think as we sit here now, we've done 51, something like that. So he, he was on the second one in 2015, probably. Um, and he was also, how old are you sitting here? I'm 36, so yeah, I'm not so going to say here. six years ago, well, six and a half years ago, he was also at your 30th birthday. And I remember that because he made a right mess of himself on that night.
1: <laughs> he did, yeah. You, um, yeah. You had to usher him to his car well, not to his not car to his so, car <laughs> that's no. bad. Um, taxi him home. yeah to yeah, the taxi I, got him,
0: I had to ball him in a taxi but anyway that's a different story but yeah I think he's been on a massive journey he's got a training company himself now as you said with HMOs he's been to lots of our um, retreats as well and he's you know he's uh, a developer himself so let's hear how he got on so it's an absolute pleasure on this episode of the podcast uh, videocast, all the, the channels we've got this going on, but we've got Matt Baker with us. So, Matt, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Uh, pleasure to be here. Well, you've been around for a while with us now, haven't you? So we'll go into that. Yeah,
1: I've been around the block. Yeah, it's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you, you know, you've, done, you've progressed a lot um, and you know, you were pretty new to developments or very new to developments when we started. Do you want to just highlight what that journey was?
1: Yeah, so um, started uh, in property investing back in 2015, um, started with a uh, kind of a bit of a semi-detached bungalow, um, did that as a very small kind of refurbishment, and then quickly wanted to get into more juicier things, sexier things, and I um, did a couple of HMO developments, um, and it was during the, I think it was the second HMO development, which was no, no, sorry, it was our third, actually, um, is around the time that I met you. And if you remember Insurance House, um, years and years ago, back in 2016, we bought that um, old office. And then that was kind of our first major, I suppose, conversion project um, into uh, what turned out to be an eight bed HMO and one bed flat. And then since then, um, we've done a few different bits and bobs. Um, we had an offer accepted on land. We got planning on it, flipped it. Um, uh, I think anyone on the White Box YouTube channel that you can probably go back and find the interview that I did with Lloyd when I talk about that particular project, because it was pretty painful, um, but lots of learnings. Um, and then um, since then, the focus has really been on um, creating HMOs, but like really high quality HMOs, next level HMOs as we call them, uh, and, and co-living properties. And um, yeah, we've been doing that now, uh, probably for about f- five years. Um, um ranging from houses to HMOs and then offices and then retail shops um, um yeah, using post development rights and and planning permissions to get really good quality shared accommodation
0: yeah I think and and you'd like you say you've been on a, a quite a varied journey there and we've just whipped over that and that's probably five or six seven years of of yeah. you know challenges that's got you to that point. So and each one of those has got its own story. And I know that because we know you very well. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's go back to the start of that then. So when we first met you, you'd done a couple of HMOs, like you say, and you know you're looking to get into bigger developments and 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 um and how that would work for you. And you came on, I think it was our third course we ever did. We had um Neil Briggs we did one of these with him the other day. And I think you were on the same course as him at the um, Hilton Hotel and um you You remember better than i do (laughs) it was was a two-day course then it wasn't a three-day course no it's two days Um, there's a lot more content now than there ever was obviously but um there's a lot of people who are in that room um uh, in the first couple of courses as you there's neil briggs there's ricky darlow and you know lots of people have gone out there and have been smashing it in developments uh, ever since and um and i think um you know you you joined our mastermind for a while and um you know that you you just described there your your first development, and it would have took a while to get that. But in in Stockport, and you know do you want to just tell us a bit about that? Because you've you've got a very successful journey now, but you know you have to. The first one we always say is the hardest, and you got a plot yeah. of land relatively quickly, but it was a, it ended up being quite a long journey, didn't it? It did, and
1: I always ask myself the question: Would I do it again? And the answer is probably yes because it was actually a really good deal on the face of it to start with. And so it was a plot of land. Um, I'm trying to remember how we came across it. Oh yes, we came across it by accident um, because we were in the auctioneer's office and um, we were talking about some other properties and we just said at the very end, oh, do you have anything else that might be of interest? And he said, oh yeah, I've got this this um, land that, yeah, we're trying to get into the auction, but the vendor's taken a while to pull the stuff together. Um, and he said, um, yeah, there's a valuation on it of like 430k, but we don't think it's worth more than so, sort of like, two, like 250, 230. And I was just like, Well, okay, that doesn't make much sense. Um, and, and, and um, so, so I said to him, If you can get the valuation to me that says it's 430, uh, then we can go away and we can see what we can do. And he went. He went and got it out of the bin. He ripped it up. He'd put it in the bin, and um, he said, "Yeah, I think I've got this." And and uh, essentially, he then got a proper copy and sent it through to us. Um, and, But what that meant was we could then appraise it based on buying it for a lower value than it was. So it's, it was true market, below market value. We agreed it for two, three, five. I think it was, and it had a valuation of four thirty. So we got a hundred percent bridging finance on it. So we bought it on a bridge, and uh, in fact. Because because we got a a percentage of the value, value, not a percentage of the purchase price, we actually were able to borrow about six months worth of interest as well up front. So we put zero cash in apart from a little bit for the legals. Um, So great deal. Uh, no, Literally probably no money down deal.
0: Let's Uh, just stop it there a second. Then, so you know, because people always ask the question, you know, you know, can you do it without money? And you know, it's impossible to do it without money. And and the normal route would be that there's got to be some injection of money going into the start of a development. You know, it's pretty rare that you can get all all lending for the land and all the build. But you've actually got a deal there because of the higher value. Just to recap that in case people didn't follow it. Because it had a higher valuation and you agreed a price lower than the valuation, they would lend it on the actual value that was on paper from the valuer. Correct. Yeah, they would lend 70% of the value
1: um, minus the the, the fees. So um, that was um, great. And it it came with planning permission for 21 flats. But we Uh wanted to go back in and make the planning permission better, because those flats that were agreed were really pokey. It was over, I'm trying to remember, five storeys originally, uh, and we thought we could push it up to six storeys and get 22 flats out of it. Um, So basically make each flat bigger, more valuable, and go up an extra storey. So we put in planning, um, we went back and forth with the planners, um, then got a recommendation for approval, and then we got pulled into committee, And then we got absolutely slated by the planning committee for reasons which were untrue. They were almost personally slandering myself and my parents who were the who who, we were buying it together. Um, And um, it it was actually really frustrating because they refused it um, and they refused it for reasons which were incorrect. So we then went to appeal and ended up in this long appeal process um, which anyone has been in a planning pool, know you can take six to nine months, um, which I think is what it did about seven or eight months um, after the planning committee. And it took a while to get into committee as well. And all this time we're on the bridge. So what was going to be a relatively straightforward quick in, get planning, go to development finance, actually meant that um we were stuck on this on this bridge. Um, and then we actually lost the appeal, not for the reasons that the um, the committee gave, but for a different reason. Um, which I, I can't remember what it was now all I remember was looking at it with the architect and going the inspector's made a mistake here um, because he'd measured something wrong so actually the inspector made a mistake the only way to go and um, correct that would take it to high court and there's no point doing that so what we did is we resubmitted the scheme fixing the issues and then got it through two years later from when we first bought it so we were on a bridge for 2 years trying to get the planning on it and essentially we've got exactly the same permission on it as we had uh, asked for on day 1 with a very minor adjustment so it was, a, it was a long and winding road which cost us quite a bit of money and um, by the end of that time this was our first experience of planning uh, first experience with committee first development we were uh, tired of it so we wanted to get rid of the land and try and recoup as much money as we could um, so I think we walked away with a, with a small maybe 15 grand loss or something like that so it was relatively cheap lesson to have learned um, But on a positive note I went to a committee spoke at committee uh, this week in fact and we won
0: Hey, well done. <laughs> so I've been to
1: committee twice and it's 50-50 so far.
0: But, but I think that, you know, get the lessons from that. And I think that, you know, that one there, I think it's really positive that people can hear that your start of your development journey, you've had one there that's been dragged out. You know, you've lost a little bit of money, but it, it's yeah. kind of equal. You know, that's including all your costs, all your bridging interest and, you know, any private investor interest, any any fees you've had to pay. To yeah. come out of it with two years in planning and be 15 grand down you know like you say you've got a lot of lessons with that and if we look at extrapolate your journey then I always think it's better um I'm gonna be careful how i say this because I don't want people yeah. to jump into deals where it doesn't work obviously but yeah. if people get into a deal even if um, they spend two or three months and then their offer gets pulled on them or something like that and it doesn't actually happen which is probably more frequent than what you just said there mm-hmm. um You know, it's better to do that and get that activity early on, isn't it? Because You learn so much going through the due diligence, going through the the process, rather than someone who is scared to pull the trigger because they're worried about something going wrong. And I think that you learn so much, don't you? Definitely. And uh, I'm almost glad that we had all those learnings on on one of our first
1: deals. Um, Because I think if it had gone absolutely swimmingly the first time, then we would probably have made a bigger mistake um, on another project down the line. So it made us um, cautious. Um, maybe sometimes overly cautious on certain things moving forward but that's not really a bad thing um, and um, but yeah so we know what we're willing to do and what we're not willing to do
0: yeah no that's fair enough and I think just again so people can picture it that was quite um, a, a tight site on like a high street. Um, it was a, a small frontage, wasn't it? It was six floors up. It was high land at the back, lowland at the front. So Retaining wall of, of, it, one, yeah. of a main road
1: on one side, yeah. a brewery so on the
0: other. Quite a difficult, pokey little building in the town centre. So I don't want people to go away thinking, God, this is going to be terrible. We're never going to get planning for anything. It had a lot of its own um, things to overcome, didn't it, that site specifically? It did. It was a very awkward site for a first one,
1: um, but we thought we'd give it a go. Um, My dad had links to the site anyway, so we we were kind of in a good position to, to do it if it had gone easier at the beginning.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. So let's um, leave that one alone. Let's go yep. to what the the rest of your journey then. So alongside that, but um, also because of that experience, a little bit, you decided that you know your bread and butter was HMOs. That's what you were doing, wasn't it? That's what your your success had been before you even did developments with us. But you know, throughout that, you were good at getting angel investors. You were good at getting the money in and finding the sites. So you know, how has that journey gone, and where are you at now with that? So it, it really has focused us
1: because one thing we always knew we wanted was you know, high cash flowing properties. We wanted to retain as much as possible. The only thing we've ever sold is that land in Stockport. Um, everything else that we've bought, we've held. Uh, and we've kind of worked with probably over two million pounds worth of investor finance in and out of the business over over six, seven years. Um, and that's ranging from um, friends, family all the way to kind of a bit of a wider network that, that we've grown. Um, and we've got some amazing investors in the business. Um, but when it comes to rate, getting cash flow um, and high cash flow in a smaller number of units of in, in properties, then HMOs is the best way to go. And to make sure that you get HMOs right, you've got to future-proof them. And the way that you do that is by creating next level HMOs, um, which are a lot more resilient, great cash flow. Uh, and essentially like the, the, the kind of rule of thumb that we use is that we want to be in the top 5% of the market when we create these properties. So uh, whichever market you go in, you you can either create a new top 5% by basically blowing the competition out of the water um, or going in and just making your product, your house, your service, different to everyone else. Um, So that's what we focus on. And that's what we also teach um, because a couple of years ago, a few years ago, we went to to a retreat retreat with you and you suggested, well, why don't you share this information? So I did, wrote a book and now we have a, a training platform called dhmo platform
0: awesome and you know as you say that came about from the the retreats and you haven't just done one retreat have you i mean how many have you done now um
1: i i think i've done all bar one i think i so, yeah. by bite by bar two i've done every barley retreat put it that way
0: yeah, so we started those in 2017 and um we've done i think three of those and we've done a couple of croatia ones um, you came to do you come to the 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 monetary one, didn't you? Yeah, as well. Did, so yeah. We, you've done a few and we've set that plan. And on one of those, we said, look, you know, we know about training. You're there. The The business retreat isn't just about property. It's about, you know, the, the any kind of business. And we could help you with the training side of things. Yeah. Um, you set a, a lofty goal in your first retreat in 2017 as well to get 100 rooms over the next 12 months, didn't you? Um, um, I did, yeah. And you pretty much managed that by going through, um, you know, cycling through, getting bigger HMOs um you found one of them on that retreat with John McDermott as well and that ended up going Correct. through and you 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 built that in. I found two on the retreat. Excellent. So so that was great and then we talked about that and we also set your goal to to write a book and looking behind you there and we've just been talking about the next level HMOs where you've got the next level landlord so you know that you, you're you tell us about how that came about.
1: Um yes yeah, so having that the uh that goal of writing a book was um always there I always knew I kind of wanted to have a go at it um but okay you put it in in writing um so I started writing I wrote about I I wrote about 60,000 words or something stupid um but what what it did is it made me refocus and refine the strategy how we do things and put it into kind of a, a really succinct method methodology so that's what the, the you know, kind of the writing of the book allowed me to do, which then really improved the way that we were coaching and training others and also looked at how we were doing things and shows, shows how we could do things better. So I think putting your putting your ideas down in writing um, really helped. Um, and then I kind of worked, and then I worked with a publisher, Rethink Press, who released it. And um, We got to number one on Amazon on the initial launch back in March 2021. And the uh, revised second edition is coming out um in march 2022 so um it'll probably be out by the time people hear this i believe
0: brilliant so people will be able to get the details at the, at the end of this we'll be putting your details on so people can um yeah. find you and, and and contact you and get that book as well and it is great i i got um i got several copies i think it was at the on the original launch um you, did, and, yes. you know lloyd had just um written his book as well when when you came to and made that plan so he was able to help you through the process and um, to help you set up the the formatting of that too. Um, But I think that the great lesson here is that, you know, we just talked about one of your failures, I suppose, the the Stockport deal, but you only fail when you stop. And just by keeping moving forward, your five, six, seven year story then, you know, you've got so many wins. You've got now the training platform, you've got a mastermind, which is very much like the mastermind that we do for development. You do that for the, the HMOs. So I know you when you started that just like anything it was hard work and you it was hard to fill one room but how many rooms do you do now you do several days don't you um yes yeah, so we've just started our third uh day and
1: um uh, we're just coming we, we just created a new product follow-on products for um our um, guys that've been with us for a little while so um most of those really want to come forward and, and keep working with us so um that'll be essentially for. Um, four days a month that we'll be really kind of focusing on coaching other people's deals but yeah since um, the kind of the end of 2019 our clients have done about 17 million pounds worth of um, HMO style deals which is uh, pretty awesome.
0: That's amazing that's amazing and, and what about yourselves are you what kind of deals are you working through at the moment? So we're currently working mainly on commercial conversions so for example one at the moment
1: is a, a shopfront we bought in Portsmouth so it's a double fronted shop. Um, and we managed to buy buy it for three hundred and seventy, where um, pretty much the half of that size um, you get a house, but this is for the same price. So essentially, we're we're thinking this is double the amount of space for for, for that money, um, and we're going into planning to make it sixteen bed co living um, space. Uh, so um, and, and given our experience and my experience with Portsmouth City Council and committee, um, where one of the councillors pretty much stood up and said, "This is exactly the type of HMO we want." in Portsmouth given that they've been slating HMOs for the entire three hours of the committee meeting (laughs) was pretty amazing so um, it's probably likely that we'll end up back in committee with this one so I'll be going and I will be singing uh, the praises of of what we're doing and can showcase that you know it's just another next level HMO even though it's 16 people it's, it's the next level HMO.
0: And, um, you know, you've got that experience from the first committee, which didn't go well. And sometimes we learn more from that, don't we? Than if you just dive in and get something that goes well. If you hit the, the other way around and you got the first one was really easy, and then yeah. you had the challenging committee, you'd probably struggled. So, you know, yeah. to set that as your base has is, is been a gift, really, probably.
1: Yeah. And I was actually there with John McDermott as well um, th- th- just this week.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so um, what have you guys, um, you know, you've been very successful over the last few years. And I think that you're a real good, um, you are a good uh, advocate or not an advocate, sorry, but you're a good lesson, if you like, of the community side of things. You've been there right from the start. You've done a lot of the retreats. I mean, we've even got some pretty dodgy pictures of you at Lord's 30th birthday um, when you had a beard bigger than this. And um, you'd had a little bit too much to drink. And yeah, I had to shepherd you home with... um, taxes with (laughs) yeah there's that was a bad night for you that was a bad night I've got quite a few it was a
1: great night
0: (laughs) yeah it was it was but
1: great night for Andy uh, Cook
0: it goes yeah it goes to show that you know that it's so inclusive isn't it the the retreats are so inclusive you know you've you go out on nights out we're all a big family really and you know you're a good um part of that where you've you've done lots of that and now we've just started up another level of our own business um business boardrooms and you've come and decided to, to join that as well to to again extend that that part of being the community as well so how do you feel about that side of it yeah I'm
1: very happy actually and excited to, to get into it you know we've been uh you know we as people don't know but yeah we've had coaches always since, since the beginning you know I got into property because I did a training course um, and um, you kind of you kind of came along, looking at developments. Um, probably after a year after I did my first course, and then came with you guys, and then, then kind of built on success and became more successful. Um, and then I've had coaches around building a business, not just not just about property business, uh, and that that's gone really well with it, with with a, with a different um, person. And then we're now growing our business back into developments and business. And because you guys run training, you guys are developers, it makes a lot of sense for us to and also you guys do letting then we've got a management agency now. So our aim is to um, um, continue to grow on on that side. and so you've got the experience to kind of work with us. And also we haven't had obviously since the pandemic, we haven't really had a a um, a coach to at at the level that we want people doing the types of developments that we want to be moving into. Uh, you know working at the the levels that we want to be at So, um being around the people that are in the group i think is going to be really exciting um for us
0: yeah good good and um look, i know you're a lot a much more sensible man than you were um six seven years ago and we took those photos but look, i'm I'm hoping we'll get a few more drunken photos a few more drunken nights in the future as well, well yes those... no,
1: we're, we're we're down for the next retreat so we're looking forward to it
0: yeah no that'd be great um so I suppose just finishing up then, you know, what would you suggest to someone who's looking at getting into developments or, you know, into even property, what would you, your advice be? How should they start out?
1: So I think, I think the number one thing, um, I think, is to get the right people around you, uh, first and foremost. You might be thinking, well, you would say that because you do training, but actually it's what's worked for us. I know it's how you guys started. Um, so it's not, you know, success isn't an accident. Um, it's around having the people around you to support you. Um, but then don't go too big on the first one. Do something which is of a manageable scale but stretches you. So um, yeah, a lot of people talk about 10x, but if you think about even just like 3x or 5x, you know, your, your comfort zone, as long as you've got the right people around you, then you can do it. Um so get those under your belt. So for example, for myself, it was just buy a little bungalow to start with, then do an HMO then do a commercial conversion, then buy a plot. Yeah, you know, it's not like I'm doing 10, 10 by to let's and then going to HMOs. I kind of want it to progress quite quickly. And some people would think that's too risky, but I think fundamentally you can stretch yourself, but have the right support around you.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. And um, I think that, you know, I know that you, as well as we do, we practice what we preach as well. If we want to get into a new area, or we find someone who wants to do um, HMOs, we send them down to you because we want them to be trained by someone and do it as as mitigate as much risk as possible. But, yeah. you know, when we did service accommodation, we didn't know anything about it. We found someone who taught service accommodation, went on their, their training, their mastermind and, and got our team up to speed. So, you know, it's the best, the best way to get to, to the right speed quickly and mitigate your risk, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You, I think it's just so much, makes so much sense, common sense to go and um, go and speak to someone who's done it before. They've learned all the pitfalls. They've, um, they've learned the lessons. You've heard some of the lessons that, that, that we've learned. I know the lessons that you've learned and there's probably lessons that you don't talk about on a day-to-day basis that um, every day we're learning. Um, and that's why I love sharing that stuff with our clients because they can, uh, yeah, they, 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 just implement it differently. Uh, and they're they're actually quite often more successful. I do you find this Andy, But I find some of our clients are, are, are have a lot more successful stuff than us sometimes, which yeah. is brilliant.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, some of our um, our, you know, the, our masterminders of the the year, if you like, the developers of the year last year, they're absolutely smashing it. In fact, the developer year every year seem to absolutely smash it, and like you say, probably progressing quicker than we are. But it makes sense really because we can steer them out of making all mistakes that we made. So. You know, they they get that compound um, growth quicker than we do, which is great. You know, we don't mind that. That's that's cool.
1: Yeah, Yeah, their success is is our success at the end of the day. It's uh,
0: showcasing that it works. 100%. Um, Well, thank you very much, Matt. It's been awesome having you on here. Um, It's been great telling your story. And I think it's a great one for people to hear that, you know, you only fail when you stop. Just keep going and just keep taking your lessons and building on them. And, um, you know, we'll be all following your journey going forward. Um, And if anyone wants to get the Next Level Landlord book, then the details you can find from us. um, And yeah, I recommend it. It's brilliant.
1: Thank you very much, Andy. It's been uh, great to be on and to have this chat.
0: Cheers, mate. I'll speak to you soon.